You're listening to Growing in Motherhood, the podcast that inspires mamas to grow, where we talk about the real stuff, not just the good stuff, and share all things parenting and motherhood insight. We are first cousins with 10 kids between the four of us, ranging in age from six years to just six months old. Whether you are currently expecting, have kids of your own, or would like to in the future, this show is for you. Let's get started and grow with us. Hey mamas, welcome to another episode of Growing in Motherhood. I want to do a roll call real quick so that everybody can get to say hey. So we're going to start out with Erin. Hey, hey, what's up ladies, mama, (laughs) and perhaps none mamas, welcome all. Joya, say what's up. Hey, hey, what's up guys? And Leah. Hey, everyone. Today for this episode, we are going to do a reaction to the episode that we posted last week on being a woke mama and how to help our kids cope with injustice and work towards inclusivity. It was me and my friend, uh, Dr. Whitney Raglan Bignall. She's a child psychologist. And we just spent some time talking about injustice and otherness and how to teach our kids to love diversity. And so I just want your feedback on what you thought of the episode. And then I definitely have some things I want to talk through with you ladies. So what'd you think of the episode and what resonated with you? I love the episode. (laughs) I feel like you guys did a phenomenal job for a topic that is really so complex and layered and has so much potential for, um, you know, emotion and just there's so much that can go into this topic. I feel like you guys did an excellent job of keeping it concise, keeping it, I don't want to say light, but keeping it from getting too heavy. You know, I I think it's hard to Mm -hmm. make that topic light. I don't know if there's any such thing, but definitely a a lot that resonated with me, everything from that other (laughs) syndrome, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. feeling of otherness. um, I'm, I'm right there with both of you. You know, I've, I've experienced that. I have felt that all of my life from, like you said, Joran, from elementary school, from preschool, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, from preschool and on throughout, even, even to grad school, right? So that resonated with me for sure. And kind of what to do with that and what to, what to do with that in relationship to your children, knowing that they will experience that at times in their life. Um, being a Black person in America, I don't think you're going to get through life without experiencing that at some point. Right. So how to convey that to your children and help them navigate through those feelings, you know, all the way from there to just, you know, the being a big proponent of making sure that your children are seeing themselves represented in what they read and what they watch and, and everything. Almost, I'm like, maybe I'm going overboard. Like, they need <laughs> Because you said diversity, and I'm like, well, is it diverse if they're only seeing people that are looking like them? That's not diversity. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I feel like that's not, they don't get that enough. So I'm like, I want to make sure they get it. They, they see themselves in these places. They see themselves everywhere they look so that they don't go out into the world feeling less than, feeling like they're missing, feeling like they don't know who they are or where their place is in the world. So... I love it. I love it. Any other reactions before we dive into some of these things that came up in that episode? I thought it was a really healthy dialogue as a new mom in terms of, you know, I've had to manage my own emotions within this process, but now considering, granted, my kids are one, so they don't yet understand all of these dynamics, but just um, 
you know, it's never too early to do the work in terms of really decide what, how you want to, um, what your stance is going to be and how you want to kind of incorporate um, this very vital um, thing of being um, aware and um, really being advocate for your children and also ensuring that they are able to have that awareness that's necessary. So for me, it was a really healthy dialogue that I think kind of opened my eyes to, okay, great. These are some helpful tips on what I can do. I love the idea around representation and books and media. And that's something that I, that I have already done. Um, but just understanding it kind of in dialogue, how important it is, I thought was extremely helpful. One of the things that I liked that was mentioned was, um, being realistic, right? So not everybody is bad there. Not everyone is out to get you not every, you know, so it's like having this balanced, you want to ensure that your children are, aware enough to know that it does exist and it's out there, but not to the extent where they're just looking at everyone else as the enemy, because that's mm-hmm. not true either. That's probably sensitive to navigate, right? Because you want them to, to be enough on edge that, you know, that they can, yeah. they, they can recognize it mm-hmm. and do what they need to do to navigate through it. But then it's like, you also don't want it to be like they're just so suspicious of everyone because i think too like when i think about my children i think about the joy that they have yeah and it's like there's nothing that i want to do to remove that joy at the same time i have to ensure that they know that the world is not rosy and not everyone's their friend and not everyone is there to um to help them along the way or not put barriers in their way Um, So I think it's just kind of like that balance between like, yeah, you want to be woke, you want to ensure that you know what's going on and that you know how to be an ally, you know how to be an Mm -hmm. advocate, you know all these things and how to navigate through it, but also being realistic as well. I remember my dad always used to tell me like, Leah, you are a double minority, like point blank period. And it is what it is. So when you walk into a room, know that's how you're being seen. You're seen You're seen as a woman and you're seen not only as a woman, but you're seen as a black woman. So it wasn't a matter of him putting me down, rather it was reminding me, like that's what I represent and to be aware of that at all times. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's just kind of painting their reality for our kids is important, and especially when it's coming from a place of love right? Like you don't want them to meet that reality yeah. outside of, of, of the love that you as a mom or a parent can give. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that point, Leah. It, it reminded me a little bit of what Whitney was talking about, which is being different is not bad. It's beautiful. It's necessary. It's critical. And when I hear, you know, Uncle Mike telling you, hey, you're a double minority, I think that's beautiful because it frees you not just to be aware of it, but then to shine because of it. Like you have unique attributes that you bring to every table, you know, that you're, that you sit down at because of your unique worldview and your lived experience and your perspective. And, you know, I think that's, that's important to, to remind our kids that, you know, you guys are game changers, you know, you have the potential to be that and allow your unique factors to help you shine. Right. Mm. Don't feel ashamed about it or embarrassed about it. 
um, but be emboldened by it and step up and step out. Um, so I love that you shared that, Leah. Aaron, you brought up the otherness concept. Inevitably, you know, our kids will have this experience. And I just want to make something clear, right? Just generally, I don't care what your race or ethnicity is. I don't care, you know, what your SES is, socioeconomic status. At some point, you know, you're going to find yourself in spheres where you are the other, right? <laughs> People are different than you. You might be the minority representation in the room. And um, it's important to know how to navigate that. And my question for Whitney about baggage, right? Like, how do I make sure that my own personal journey dealing with this otherness feeling that I don't bring that baggage into what I teach my kids and how I train them to deal with this feeling, right? I just wonder if you guys had that same struggle as me in terms of like, man, I have a lot of bitter feelings around discrimination and feeling like an other, like an outsider. How do I make sure I don't taint my kids with this? <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are about this, right? But do you, I guess, do you share in that same concern or struggle or is it just me who is like concerned that my bitterness is going <laughs> to spill over? <laughs> I feel your concerns and I also have the same concerns because, you know, we grew up in, you know, two different settings, essentially. We grew up in a more city-like environment and urban and then moved out to the suburbs and kind of had both culture shocks, you know what I mean? Um, and I feel like you definitely don't want to make your child biased, right? You don't want to make your child biased, but at the same time, you want them to be open to other ethnicities and people as well, too. I agree, Joya. I agree with, you know, not wanting to make them biased as a result of your own personal biases and experiences, right? When it comes to race and discrimination and the, the, the culture that we live in, um, and being a black person in America. And granted, every experience is not the same. Like we cannot say there is one singular black in America experience, right? That experience varies from, from person to person mm -hmm. within the race. Um, and then from race to race, you know, for other minority groups. So, but it's difficult to not see your children going through something or hear them say something that then triggers an experience you have had throughout your life. It's really difficult to hear that and, and not want to respond mm -hmm. based on what you've experienced. Um, and Joran, you and Whitney talked about us, I think it was more so in the context of um, how we deal with, um, with our children in regards to social justice, but I think it applies here as well. As far as past experiences, we have to do the work for ourselves first is what you guys said. Mm -hmm. and that peace really resonated with me because then I was like, huh, yeah, there is work that needs to be done for me. And I don't, I don't know that I've done that work. So then the question is, what is it that I'm giving to my children having not done that work internally, um, personally? And um, that is something that for me was kind of um, a light bulb moment. You know, that was an eye opener, like, okay, we, we need to do some things because life is already coming at my kids hard and fast, right? Our yeah. kid. She said at, at six months, I think she said, is when they start to notice um, color differences. Color differences, yeah. Racial differences. And mm -hmm. it's, it's easy when you hear your kids say things like, I don't look like da da da. I don't look like da da da. My hair is, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you're so young, but you, you see that already. 
And who knows how much more they had seen prior to that they, they just weren't able to verbalize, right? Right. It's a very sensitive line to walk between helping your children navigate that without pushing your own baggage onto them. I want to share something with you guys. And I think it's, I think it's relevant. So <laughs> the other day, Amel was washing her hands and she likes to get lots of like soap suds on her hands and this bar soap. So it's like her hands are pasted in this like white soap, right? <laughs> so she comes in the room and she's like, mommy, look at my hands. She was like, oh my goodness, I almost like I have white hands. And I said, well, girl, go on, hurry up and wash your hands off, get back to your blackness. <laughs> I said, that black is beautiful, girl, go ahead, get back. Yes. And she turned at me and she said, oh, okay, is white beautiful? And I said, you know what? Yes, white uh-huh. is beautiful too. Like there's nothing wrong with white, just like there's nothing wrong with your blackness. There's nothing wrong with other colors, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what I mean when I say like, I'm worried that my baggage shows up. And in that moment, I was able to catch it. I was so serious. Like, girl, you better, okay, go and wash it off. Now get back to your blackness. Cause in my head, it's like mayday, mayday. She's just yep. trying to like... <laughs> And she's not. She's just making an observation about how her hands look white. Right. And so that was so, um, I guess, eye opening for me, especially coming off of the backside of recording this episode with Whitney. (laughs) And I think I did better because I caught it. And just like we don't want others to be biased against us, I have to work hard so that my baggage doesn't show up and taint her so that she's biased against others. And I think that's where that inclusivity piece comes in at the end. Um, As Black women, we have been beaten down, stigmatized, dismissed, and it's painful, right? And so my reaction is, girl, you're Black and beautiful, love that, right? That, and that's, that's a dominant message that I'm not afraid of, but I have to be careful that I'm not sending an other message, which is a different message, which is other things are bad. (laughs) Right. right. I don't know what you guys think about that, but it just came to my mind, that example. Y'all know what? (laughs) I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say it. My son said to me today, and Julius, it was such a timely comment. He said, "Um, I want blonde hair. Wow. And we were just like, like I breathe I know exactly in my mind that's what was going on and I feel like maybe I'm projecting that onto Julius he was he might have been fine but in my mind I was like both of us wheels turning okay what do I say to that and um again it was just like oh no this God made you with with brown hair and it's kinky curly and it's beautiful and that's what God Mm-hmm. that is on purpose that is who you are supposed to be and it's wonderful and it's great and then I ran and I got a book real quick and I was like well I have a book I was like I got a book I got a book with a little black boy and he has the same haircut so I went and I got the book and I was like look at this little boy this is the king of kindergarten don't you like his hair don't you like his haircut he was like yeah and I was like his haircut is cool and I'm like he has the same haircut as you and he thought about it for a while he's like he has the same hair as me. I said, yeah. And he's like, he does have the same hair as me. Oh my God. But still, like I kept like my mind kept going and I was like, I need I need to do more. I need to do more. It was like, like you said, Dre, like Mayday, Mayday. Red alert. Red I, alert. I got it. Did you more. ask him why? Let me think. Here's what I love, Aaron. I love that your red alert went off and you kicked into gear. 
and you affirmed him. And look at you, mama, for having representative books. You found a book with the same exact right hair. <laughs> what? That's beautiful. With ar- within that- arm's reach. Yes. <laughs> it was right on the couch. <laughs> and he felt better about himself. Right. Yeah. I, I think he did. I think once he saw the, the little boy in the book, I think he did feel better about himself. Got overboard. Cause then I was like, let me bring it up again. Make sure he knows. <laughs> in the morning, I'm going to be like, you to know. And then I was like, do you know whose image you're created in? You're created in guys. Like I just, I went, I think overboard. <laughs> like what you said earlier is we can't then make him feel like, okay, so blonde hair is bad. The right. little white class is is bad because he has blonde hair. So then I was like, okay, I need to find a way to frame it in, in such a way that, um, yeah. you know, all of these, all of these things are beautiful. You know, God created blonde hair and he created brown hair. He created straight hair and he created kinky hair. And, you know, so all of these are, are beautiful. All of these are representations of, of what God, you know, created. So, you know, it was, I think now that I'm, talking through it more I think he might have said because the, there's a little boy that he plays with and I think he said the little boy that he plays with one of his friends at school because he has blonde hair I think that's what it was you know it's interesting because I before we got on to record this call something told me just google like woke kids right so I googled woke kids and of course there's all this like conspiracy stuff about you know <laughs> The government is backing this woke agenda and they're coming after us, teaching that whiteness is bad and da, 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 da. And like, there are all these articles that are railing against quote unquote wokeness, which again, is Leah, as you mentioned, it's being aware, being socially aware. And so it's like, it's not, it's, it's hard enough to try to figure out how do I teach my kids to be this? But then there's this active agenda counteracting this yeah. movement. So it's like, oh, Jesus, come on. Like, you know, um, what do we do with this? It's just pressure upon pressure upon pressure upon pressure, right? Like, it's just so much to deal with. And um, how do you as moms handle it? Right. When you are trying to work with your kids towards a certain agenda, towards a certain um, uh, developmental point, a socially aware point, emotionally aware point. And then there are these messages that are counteracting what you're trying to instill in your children. Aaron, Joya, Leah, your kids are just one, but still like maybe for you, how do you plan on dealing with it when you're met with opposition against something that you're trying to instill in your children that that you think is important? I feel Mm. like you just constantly reinforce your message and values at home constantly at every opportunity at the dinner table. (laughs) You know, um, when they get older, you can discuss current events and whatnot. There are certain history books that um, a lot of homeschooling moms use um to bring that type of stuff in as well so yeah reinforce reinforce (laughs) yeah i agree joy i think reinforcement is key reinforcement from a young age because these you know these are their um what do we call them they're their character building years they're formative years so i think reinforcement is key especially now but i think the other piece is that they they need to also be aware of what is what it is that's going to be out there coming against them and pushing back against the positive reinforcement that we're giving them mm-hmm. so that they're not hearing this argument for the first time when they go out into school or when they go out into, you know, 
the world into college, into their first job, whatever it is. So they're not met with this. And it's like, oh, how do I deal with this? So yeah. I think prepare them for what they're going to hear, um, what's out there that will potentially be coming against what it is that we're reinforcing in them so that they know how to meet that and how to challenge that and how to debunk, so to speak, you know, these, these ideas. Hearing you say that, Joran, about um, the idea that, that raising woke children is somehow um, demeaning to whiteness. Yeah. And I think about the fact that Black people for so many years have been depicted in such a negative way in the media, right? Mm-hmm. The same things that a white person will do and say are received in a positive light, whereas mm-hmm. if a black person does or says these things, you know, they're thugs, they're criminals, they're, they're evil, they are, you know, whatever it may be, whatever negative image it is that is, is portrayed and put out mm-hmm. there. So to hear that to me is just like, it's, it's just craziness. That just, it's laughable, really. <laughs> to, to teach your child to love themselves and to take pride in who God created them to be and how he created them to look and the culture that he allowed them to be born into is somehow teaching a yeah. negative um, um, view of another yeah. culture, or I don't remember what the, what the exact wording that you used, Joran, was, mm-hmm. but to make it seem that way is just, um, that's just a perversion <laughs> of, yeah. of the fact that we have to raise our children to love themselves and love who God made them and love yeah. their culture. They should, they should take pride in it. it, it it's upsetting to hear that. Um, yeah. for sure. and, and, you know, for those of you um, who listen to Brene Brown, who love Brene Brown, I love her. Absolutely. She's my fake auntie. <laughs> um, but she has a podcast episode. I want you to look it up with Channing Tatum Brown, who's just a great author and activist. And um, they deal with this issue, this counter argument that you're teaching whiteness is bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's so not the case. And I think it's fascinating that one of the lessons I walk away with this is you know, we've got to teach our children to be clear about what their message is, right? What is your message? And it shouldn't be that whiteness is bad, right? Because that's not the message. You know, the message is that throughout history, there has been injury, hurt, and harm perpetrated by by dominant culture. In this case, in this country, dominant culture historically has been white. And so there have been injustices perpetrated that continue to be perpetrated, right? And so again, to Leah's point, I'm not saying everybody's bad, right? If you feel hurt around this, you might need to do some introspection Mm -hmm. (laughs) and think about why you're sensitive in the face of us trying to affirm ourselves and trying to take back power, because that's what this is. When you talk about being woke, we're not only going to be aware of the injustice, but we're going to fight for change and for difference. And yes, that threatens the position of those in power, right? Yeah. Whoever it is in power in whatever country you might be in. And again, in our case, the dominant culture is white. And and I think b- coupling it with what you shared, Aaron, it's about, for, for, for me at least, I know for us, integrating Christianity, mm-hmm. right? Because the Christian message you know, and the true Christian message, because that can be tainted too, where, where you have people believing that <laughs> Jesus Christ is blonde hair, blue eyed, and that white is holy, right? But but I'm talking about true Bible-based Christianity that says we are to, the greatest commandment of all is love, love for God and love for one another. So I can see your white skin 
and not feel angry at you or not blame you for the historical injustices, but I can take you as you are and I can love you as you are if you want that to happen. So, you know, as we begin to wrap up this episode, I just want us just to do a little exercise, right? And hopefully this is okay with you ladies, but um, let's imagine 10 years from now right? And we know the world is ever-changing, ever-evolving. Societal standards are shifting (laughs) constantly. The norms are being pushed and changed. Um, We're not going to sit here and pretend like we don't have our own preferences and standards and expectations for our families, for our children. But let's just project 10 years from now. And I just want to hear from you the qualities that you hope your children possess as they deal with themselves and as they deal with others. And I'm shifting now just to kind of think about raising children who have a heart for inclusivity, um, raising children who are not embarrassed about them being different, about about their quote unquote other status, Um, raising children who are socially aware, like what do you, what characteristics do you want your children to possess? You know, and as you're thinking about that, I was asking Whitney, like, what what underlies wokeness, right? Can we, like, flesh that out a little bit? And for me, it was persistence. I think I mentioned um, empathy, I think, is a big one. Um, And so I know for me that there are certain qualities and characteristics I want my children to have. And I believe that if I could teach them to possess these, they'll be better positioned to be quote unquote woke kids, or if that's too stigmatized for you, socially aware kids with the heart of Jesus Christ, loving people in their community. (laughs) So what do you want, you know, 10 years from now, what characteristics do you hope your children possess? Well, I'll say, um, I want my children to um, be, definitely have empathy, right? but also have that self-love and understanding what their value is um, and and where it comes from. Obviously first comes through Christ, right? Who you are in Christ, but also just knowing that they are valued because their uniqueness Um, and then having resilience because like you said, being a double minority, all of us on here and my daughter for sure will be, you will have adversity. You will have hard times. Not everybody's going to like you, but you need to still push forward and, and not let that knock your wind out or, or not you know, lose your confidence because of your differences. Um, I feel like if you have that self-love and resilience with the empathy, you can, you can survive it. <laughs> sure. Sure. So I'll, I'll say two things. One, I hope that my kids are extremely confident in who they are so that when the world tells them anything other than what they know to be true, what they know to be their value, that that doesn't knock them off their path and that doesn't deter them from still pushing hard, even when they're met with um, barriers, because that's that's bound to happen like it's life. Um, So I would say confidence. Then the other thing I would say is um, consideration, right? Consideration for others, for people who are not like you. Um, I think that's important to recognize that, you know, there's so much beauty in, in being inclusive and 
approaching things collectively because everyone has a different perspective. Um, so being considerate in terms of just recognizing that we all have something to contribute and um, we're truly better as a team than just one person alone. So confident, also considerate. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Leah. Aaron, what about you? What do you hope for your kids? Mm -hmm. So I'm over here wrecking my brain trying to <laughs> think. You both, um, Leah and Joya, you both said things that I think are definitely important to me. Um, the empathy piece, I think that's a big one. Um, you know, I think being a minority in, in this country gives you a unique ability to be able to um, relate to people in many different walks of life. Um, I think it gives you the ability of, to, to see people um, in vulnerable situations and in vulnerable positions and be able to feel what they're feeling, mm -hmm. empathize with them because of the things that you experience in life. And I think that that is a unique position to be in. So empathy, I think, is, is, is big. Self-awareness, I think, is also a big one that I think um, I want to make sure that my kids have. So this, you know, the ability to, to know that, yes, I am confident in who I am. I am confident in who God created me to be. My identity is first and foremost in Christ, and that informs every other aspect of my life. And that is what, um, what fuels who I am. I think that impacts every aspect of your life, um, whether it be um, how you deal with injustice in life, how you deal with discrimination, how you deal with being the other, how you deal with all of these things that we're talking about. Wow. Well, I want to thank each of you just for participating in this reaction episode. Mamas, if you're listening and you missed it, go back and catch that episode, Woke Mama, how to um, help our kids cope with injustice and work towards inclusivity. You know, I want to thank each of you for sharing exactly what you all have said are the same hopes that I have for my kids. And the road is hard and long, but um, if we keep doing the work little by little, we'll look up 10 years from now and we'll have kids who are doing the work and are confident beings who are working towards making sure everybody has a place, everybody has a seat at the table. And so thank you for this. And um, mamas, we'll catch you in the next episode of Growing in Motherhood. Until then, take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Growing in Motherhood. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to follow our Instagram page at Growing in Motherhood for daily parenting insight and announcements for upcoming episodes. Until next time, keep on growing.